When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Outkick 360 and the Tennessee Power Hour is here. The crew is all here as well as we broadcast live from Blackbird Studios. Studio G in Nashville, Tennessee. One of ten state-of-the-art studios right here in Music City with the Blackbird Studio and Blackbird Academy. John and Martina McBride uh, with a fantastic setup here for musicians, for studio engineers, audio engineers. If you want to go to school for that, you want to be in studio, if you want to be on the road, on tour, as things open back up, you can learn to do just that. Check out theblackbirdacademy.com for more information. Chad, coming up, Jacob Swanson has the 360 parlay today. We also have a great offer for the NBA games going on. Swansea. Uh, it, it's, yeah, we're going to see Swansea for the first time. Uh, on the parlay because we lost last we night. We got a sneak peek of his parlay, and I have to say that I'm impressed with uh, his parlay. I'm excited about uh, what we're going to be playing tonight with FanDuel. Yes. So, Jacob, this may not be, this is his first, may not be his last appearance as our parlay picker on the Outkick 360. We are hearing, Chad, just what we're hearing, we're reading on social media that Tennessee and Danny White, they are prepared to make. Tony Vitello, the highest paid coach in the land. Wow. Is that the right move for Tennessee athletics? Does Danny White have to do that to prove a point? Well, credit where credit is due. This is from Jason Swain, Thank you. a friend I could of not, ours. I could yeah. remember where we saw this. Swain's a great guy, hosts the show in Knoxville, and he's well-connected as a former football player at Tennessee with the Swain athletic department. And Jason Swain um, tweets out, according to sources, Tennessee is prepared to make Tony Vitello the highest-paid college baseball coach in the country. In which case, Tim Corbin should be walking directly to Kansas Story Lee's office. Well, so Tony Vitello is the hottest name in college baseball right now because of uh, the, the how quickly he turned Tennessee from SEC seller dweller to winning the SEC East to being the third overall seed in the country to getting to Omaha, all of that. They probably would have made a deep run a year ago, if not for COVID also. They got off to a very hot start. Right. So this could have been a year earlier sure. with this uh, ascendance at Tennessee. Do I think that he's the best college baseball coach in the country? No. He may be eventually if he has more years coaching, but not right now. He's not. That is Tim Corbin at Vandy. Well, highest now, paid doesn't make you the best. Right. No. You're the most wanted. You're the hottest. That's not, he's the hottest that happens to be up for other jobs. LSU right. Right. is going to be after him. So this it is makes where you the most willing to from. leave where you are. Yeah. So I think that the big question with this is, you ask a good one, Hutton, is he worth it? Should they do that? I can go back and forth on this because I said yesterday, I think that there is a ceiling for Tennessee baseball to what they pay a coach mm -hmm. because Tennessee does not focus on baseball the same way it does football, men's basketball. I'd even say women's basketball, for that matter, in terms of how they will pay in a competitive environment. Can they do it? Can they do it when they piece together uh, donations also? Yes, they can do it. If they can do it, I think they should do it. 
And if the report from Jason Swain is right and Tony Vitello becomes the highest paid, if that's what it takes to keep him, highest paid coach in college baseball to not leave for LSU, which is the premier job in college baseball, which is one that even Tim Corbin listens to when they call, then yeah, I think, I think that's what you should do. But Hutton, I think the biggest part of this whole story is not the baseball. It's not college baseball in the collegiate athletic scene or college baseball as an entity in this state or on Tennessee's campus and Tony Vitello's strength and what he brings to that program, which is immense for what he brings to Tennessee baseball. He's great, and they should do everything they can to keep him. I think the biggest thing with this is perception. Perception of Danny White, perception of the University of Tennessee. A couple things could happen here. Really, three things could happen. Tennessee's going to make a run at Tony Vitello. Tennessee could fall short of making him the highest paid coach in college baseball. They could have a limit as to what they're going to do with investment, with him, with his assistants, with the stadium, with everything. And they could still make a very compelling and competitive offer to keep him. But Tony Vitello could just say, they're offering me more at LSU. So I'm going to go there because you won't go this high with your investment. That's one thing that could happen. Another thing that could happen is Tennessee could come to the plate and say, we're going to pay you $2.2 million to be the baseball coach. You're going to be the highest paid coach in the country. I'm just throwing out a number there. Mm-hmm. He's making, yep, right. making 600000 now. Last number I saw was they were willing to pay $1.6 to give him a million dollar a year raise. So Tennessee was willing. Yes. But now, so, according to the Tennessean, which uh, was a story I was reading from Adam Sparks back in June of this year, they pulled the tax records for Tim Corbin, uh, 2019, where he was paid 1.3 wow. in salary, base salary, 1.239 yeah. in base salary. That's what he was making. So the option, too, would be Tennessee pays as much as he wants, and he still says, I can't pass up LSU. That's not good for the perception of Tennessee, if that happens. I mean, it's one that could happen. LSU's got more history. They've got more resources in baseball. It's a better job historically, so it could happen. But Tennessee willing to go above and beyond, give him everything he wants, make him the highest-paid coach in college baseball, he still leaves. Bad for Tennessee's perception, right? But what can you do? The third option is they pay him what he wants, they give him what he wants, they're probably overspending now on baseball. And give him what he based wants. Based on return is, on investment. It's not just base salary. It's also for staff. Yeah. You're upping your staff at that point, too. You do everything he wants. Everything. I'm, I'm, and again, staff Stadium. raises. Stadium. Stadium. Practice facility. You put everything. The ball's in motion. And then base salary. The spin rate is yep. going yep. to give him everything he wants. He stays. That's the one way Tennessee looks good in this. And Danny White looks good in this. So I think there's a bit of bad business that needs to be done by Danny White to ensure his reputation and his athletic department's reputation in a very early big moment in his tenure. Because regardless of the situation, Danny White will not look good if he leaves. This could be all on Tony Vitello. He could do everything in his power to keep him. And if Tony Vitello leaves, even if it's unfair, the perception of Danny White in Tennessee is every other program can just pay a coach and get them to stay. And how can Tennessee lose a coach for money when everyone else is just going to – if they pay, you stay. Matt Campbell stays at Iowa State now. 
Most coaches stay where they are as soon as they get the raise they want, right? So what is it about – everyone's going to ask the question, what is it about Tennessee? Why is Tennessee so bad that they're going to make a guy the highest-paid coach in the sport and he still leaves, even if Danny White does everything that he can? So my big question with this is, how much of this decision is based in perception of Tennessee athletics and what they need to do and what's going to appease fans and appease the sporting audience in general – as opposed to what really makes business sense but for Tennessee. What are the odds that really happens? The way we've talked to, to uh, Hubs and Austin, I mean, uh, they say, uh, it sounded like a foregone conclusion. It doesn't sound like a foregone conclusion now, but the odds that they would pay him what he wants are close to what he wants, and he would still leave despite the fact that he seems pretty happy. I know the allure of LSU and all of that. It seems far-fetched to me that they could – make him a really good offer and lose him, then it's on him. I mean, does he have an affection for the place or not? Does he want – Corbin went through a similar thing at the early stages of Vanderbilt, right? And at a certain point, it's on the, on the coach. Look, you're really good. We really like you. We discovered you. Do you want to stay here and build this into an LSU-like place? Or do you want to go somewhere that's already established? And at a certain point – you have to, if you're Danny White, be able to kind of present it that way to your fan base. And I know it's different because it's Tennessee and things have been a struggle. But don't you think, Chad, that uh, guys, that marketing-wise, you could kind of display it that way? Like, hey, we were willing to go up to a very high level. And ultimately, he, he chose not to build us into LSU, but to go go to a place that's already established instead of do the establishing. And so we will find the next Tony Vitello who we think will stay and be this guy here. A couple things. Danny White did not hire Tony Vitello. They, they, he did not discover him. Right. He had chances to hire baseball coaches at other places when Tony Vitello was the hitting instructor and he didn't look at Tony My Vitello. I said that. Well, John Curry hired him. So he can't play that we discovered you. We built well, you up. Did. Yeah, the school did, but... That's where I think it comes down to, is Danny White a closer or not? There's already this perception that Danny White doesn't close because of the James Franklin rumors and other people they talked to. Well, he couldn't close the deal. So he had to go back to his buddy at UCF who wanted the job all along. I, I think that there can be a leak in the boat in terms of perception from your fan base, if, even if it's not his fault. I fully expect, based on everything that people that report on Tennessee say, starting with the VolQuest Power Hour. Tennessee's not going to be outbid. This is not going to come down to some lack of investment. Danny White, in an interview, was asked about downtown ballpark versus campus ballpark, and his answer was, I'll do whatever my baseball coach wants. What he tells me is the advantage, that's what we're going to go with, and that's what we're going to do here. So it's not going to be Tennessee not doing their part. But no matter what, if he's not re-signed at Tennessee for whatever price, and there's not investments made, Tennessee's going to look bad. That's going to be the that's going to be the perception. It's not going to be oh, Tony Vitello really turned his back on Tennessee if they built him up to be a great coach. It's going to be Tennessee just went to the College World Series. Couldn't hold on to that guy. Showed they could go to the the top level of their sport and they couldn't even hold on to a guy even when they're trying to pay him. And that's where Danny White has to change the perception of Tennessee athletics. He's got it going with men's basketball. They're going to be fine as long as Rick Barnes is there. He's got to get it going with football. But there has to be this change in, in dynamic 
of Tennessee's just a, a program that's doomed to fail. They're never going to be what they were in any sport. And if someone gets good there, they're going to leave for something else. This started with Lane Kiffin leaving for USC. And, and since then, it's been bad hire after bad hire, not as much people leaving. But the outside perception will be Danny White didn't do the job. He didn't close, whether fair or not. How many people are going to remember the baseball moment? I mean, the, In time, it'll go away, for sure. I think quickly. And if, if Tony Vitello leaves and you go back to what you were, but you're better in football, does this mean anything? It's No. It's a, it's a move. I, I'm sorry, Vol fans, and they're going to hate me for saying this, but we talked a lot about free market the last right. few days in college sports. It makes no financial sense, business sense, That's what I'm getting to, to pay $1.7 million to a baseball coach at Tennessee or anywhere. It makes no sense. But this is where you're paying for happiness and perception. The payment is made to because your fans are telling you, boy, we really enjoy baseball towards the end of the season when our team's good and we'll go out to games then. They're not going to games in February. They're not packing that place early in the season. But as the weather gets warmer and you get closer to the tournaments, then you've got a good team, competitive team. People will, people will come. People will go out there and watch the team. So I think this is a payment to appease your fans and to help the perception of your program as the place to be and a hip place to be, more so than doing something that makes financial sense. Because it doesn't when you see what baseball pulls in revenue-wise. And uh, $1.7 million is a ton of money in the baseball sphere but not a ton of money in the athletic budget sphere. Yeah, but, but right? uh, it's Chad, a ton of money. I mean, they're Chad is saying it right. It's if it's a bad business decision, it's a bad business decision no matter what decision you're making for your program. He's in a position to make good business decisions. Yeah. But there is a price on on When it, when is a bad business decision the right decision? Well, sometimes it's the right decision on this happiness thing that we've talked about some throughout throughout this and so if you're buying uh and I, i'm not saying it's assured but if you're buying happiness for these couple of months for a school that's having couple trouble well it, annually for a couple of months if you think that he's going to have this program in this position for i mean tennessee fans have been happy about this program for about four weeks okay well, I'm saying we've now, talked about them for about three weeks. Right. It could conceivably be six weeks or two months annually. Is there a price that's worth it for that? I, I, I think some people can make the argument that those two months of baseball annually, if you're going to be in it three out of four years or four out of six years, could be worth it. I, I don't. I don't know. Let, let me I'm go. On, let either. me go on record. I, I want him to do whatever it takes to keep Tony Vitello, even though it's a bad business decision, and it is. It's a bad business decision, but I want them to do whatever it takes because I think it helps the overall perception of the university's athletic department to not have someone leave for a league rival, and spit in the face of a huge offer from Tennessee, and just announce to the world that Tennessee's inferior in a sport. Uh, I, I don't think that's good for Tennessee. Um, Sam on the YouTube chat says. A six or seven win Vol football team with signs of promise 
would make baseball and Vitello leaving a distant afterthought. Oh, everybody agrees with that. He's he's right about that, but then when you get to the end of baseball season and you suck again, people are going to start bitching about you letting the great baseball coach leave. So Yeah, though, when you I, frame it that way, like Hutton's saying, like, how many people? I mean, for, for the number of ADs that have been through that door, how many times have we said, man, they just couldn't get baseball right? It's, we it's don't been list that as a it's, fault for it's them. It's been a bonus. And we don't list that as a fault for them. It'll ever. continue to be a bonus if you sustain it. But if but it goes away. But the bonus doesn't help them. If it goes you, away. Do you get the football and basketball teams turned around? Basketball's in a good position. He will be judged on the hire he makes and the next hire he makes, if he has to make one, on football. Yes. And I'll say it's period. a goodwill bonus. Hey, at, at Tennessee, Baseball's women's basketball bonus. is more important. You know, but there, there are a lot more people that care about the worth. women's basketball program being in good shape. Is a goodwill bonus worth being the highest paid coach in America? In the sport that doesn't draw income to your program? Probably not. I have a hard time making him the highest paid coach in America. Well, that's, what, sure. that's what's being discussed. Yeah. I, I, I'd have a hard time going there with that money. But I think that he should stay Every Tennessee less. fan is going to applaud that. When they hear that, they're going to applaud and say, boy, we're finally playing big boy ball. We're going to pay more than anyone else. And I'm simply raising the issues that yep, right. if right. you're in charge of running a budget and running an athletic department, it's not as easy as that. It's as easy as a fan say, keep him away from LSU. Pay whatever it takes. I don't want to have the heartbreak of this coach having a big uh, you know, love fest press conference at LSU a week from now after, after getting Tennessee to Omaha. Here's a layer. I, I understand that, but that's Danny White has to see things in a different way. And it, to me, it looks like, based on Swain's report, he's seeing it like the fans are seeing Here, Here's a layer We'll do whatever it. it takes. Here's a layer to it. And fair or not fair, accurate or inaccurate, I think there will be fans that see it as symbolic of football, even though it's not tied to football, right? Are, are, are they making the big moves in football? Are they doing the right things in football? And this is kind of a tag-along thing. Like, is the university doing the things, you know? Uh, did he make the right move here with Heupel? Is he doing the right things with in? you know what I mean? No one will ask about the hire in baseball. They just won't. It goes back to SEC football at Tennessee. Are they good in football or not? That's where it starts and stops. And it can go to basketball. And, you know, the jokes are it's a, it's a basketball school. But Chad said it last week, and he'll, he'll say it again right now. You would trade what for a College World Series? Nine wins? I would trade nine or ten wins it for three, stops and starts three with to five years straight, not even winning a championship. I don't disagree with that. If Heupel's bad, say, say Heupel, be fired. Heupel bonds, bombs. It'll, it, for some people, it'll be a tack on. He couldn't hold on. Uh, he bombed at hiring his football coach, and he didn't hold on to the to the baseball coaches at LSU winning. College That's just World not Series. reality, though. He he would be if Heupel bombs, he's Danny dead, White gets another hire, and that's and it. then he's done. Agree. It has nothing to do with baseball. Ultimately, he will be he will get an extension, or he'll be fired based on football. Neyland Stadium, the product on the field. And the atmosphere around game day. I think it's a small tag on item. I, I, in in uh, human on the uh, great YouTube chat today, by the way, and subscribe, uh, hit the thumbs up, and uh, subscribe to us, Outkick360 on YouTube. He's watching on YouTube, and he says, What you guys are missing on is that when the football team sucks, this is what Hutton is talking about, when the football team sucks for another 15 years, you need the other sports to do well. Well, I'll ask human or anyone else that's not a fan of Tennessee, because clearly he's not. Uh, how much are you talking up Tennessee's men's basketball success? 
and their success in other sports over the years because you're not. So Tennessee fans could fall back on that and saying, hey, my winners are fun because Rick Barnes has won an SEC regular season title and gotten consistently to the tournament, and it's fun having that product. And then the people who aren't fans of Tennessee are going to say, well, football sucks, so what does it matter? And if you're going to go another 15 years not being good at football, you just continue to put more resources into football. You right. don't put resources into baseball to fix football. That's why I'm going back to this is a perception issue. This is going to be good perception for Tennessee if they keep Vitello. They are going to way overpay for him, probably, to keep him because they want to save face. And Danny White wants to look like a guy with some swagger that can close a deal, that can rally the troops money-wise because there are donors who are donating for baseball because I, don't, I think they, they just simply don't want the perception of an also-ran. Another one of these programs that someone's going to get to Tennessee and leave for a better job. That's not what they want. It's an extremely small victory in the grand scheme of things because the prediction, and it's the lopsided one, is by October he's going to be telling the fan base not to be so negative again. That's what's going to happen. Here's the other thing, too. Um, people saying that, well, uh, and I know, Paul, you said it also, and I, I'm taking context clues from what Vitello has said and what Austin and Brent said, that he's going to be back. Right, yeah. But until LSU names another coach – or until Tennessee comes out with a statement that they've re-upped, that he's committed here, you're going to be nervous if you're a Tennessee fan, right? I, until like He's had plenty of time to say, I'm fully committed to Tennessee, I'm not going anywhere. He shouldn't say that if he's going to talk to LSU, which he probably is right now. But you get my point. There's been plenty of coaches rumored for other jobs that have come out with a statement, I'm here long term, this is what's going on. Or, or LSU hires another coach. You can't be completely comfortable until that happens. One of those two things. But but nervous to what extent? Like you're, I, I'm extremely nervous over football and basketball coaches leaving, not for college baseball. Like it's a it's a different feeling around that. It's a loss, but in the grand scheme of things, how big is the loss? I mean, this is a great topic for, I think, our show, because we're going to talk about the the uh, realities of non-revenue producing sports like college baseball. Right. Well, what percentage? And that's, that's the, I mean, that's the reality. This is what, th- let's go back to the Vandy I mean, you don't example. want to lose your Van- guys. Vandy's losing money on baseball, um, but the what it gives them going. for their fans, it's you the can't measure it in money. It's the best By thing far. they have. But so that's what Tennessee fans are sitting here thinking. That walk-off grand slam for those that watched it live, that is a moment that Tennessee fans in every sport will remember for a long, long time. If you were at the Tennessee LSU moment series of the year for the or watching right? it, you're going to remember that for a long time. So they're just – it's emotion-based. We're talking about emotion-based purchases. And if you make Tony Vitello the highest-paid coach in college baseball, that is an emotion-based purchase by Danny White. But so let's just compare. Like, if Corbin leaves Vanderbilt for LSU, that is a massive loss. Who is Tony Vitello to be in the same conversation as Tim Corbin as a baseball coach? Yeah, he's a hot guy. In, in the grand scheme of what that would mean for Tennessee baseball versus Vanderbilt baseball and the perception of that, Tim Corbin leaving Vanderbilt's athletic department is a lot different than Tony Vitello leaving Tennessee. Right. For how of, we stack the sports and how we of, view what that means to the university. There's a lot of hope connected to Vitello. 
uh, Vitello, the yeah. hope that he is a next Corbin-like guy. Well, it's but not there's only no, that. I mean, there's not a lot of proof in it. And by the way, they they, they didn't shine the last couple of days. We haven't mentioned that. No. They, they went there and in their first experience, they weren't who they were. And they're very to good. I like Tony Vitello. I, I li- but I, I'm not making him the highest paid coach in the country. No, I, I, I think I think Tennessee fans also like Vitello, and this is not a personality. Knock on, don't take this as a knock on Corbin at all. Different personality. Yeah, he's he's the anti Corbin from a personality standpoint. Oh yeah, and how his programs run, sure. the, the fun they have, they mix it up, they talk trash, the coaches getting ejected and screaming profanities at the umpire on the way right, out. Right, that's part of their appeal to Tennessee fans is sort of the villains. And Vitello even said that he's like, I know that we're. We get into some social media stuff, and we're known as the villains. But these kids, when they take their jerseys off, they have hearts. You know, they're actually good kids, too. And he said that yesterday, and they were upset. And he fits our personality. I don't disagree with how he goes about things. I like the energy that he brings. But from the business side of things, we're still talking about college baseball. Yep. We're not talking about Tennessee football. Well, and that's, that, and that, that's, that's, what, that's the business side of this. Jacob on the YouTube chat hunt goes to that point. Keeping Vitello buys Danny White goodwill in case Heupel does not work out. No, it doesn't. No. If Heupel doesn't work out, he gets one more football hire. Tony Vitello will be an afterthought at that point, good or bad. He could be winning a national title at Tennessee in two years. And if Heupel's Tony fired Vitello, in two years because exactly. he's terrible or there's another NCAA problem or something else arises – then Danny White is getting one more football hire, and that's it, to make it right. That's that's how, how many it's ads work has out. Tim Corbin had? Well, a lot. Well, no, not a lot. But uh, I three. Mean, David Williams, Todd, Todd Turner hired him. And then David Williams, Candace, uh, the guy that got fired in a year, yeah. Malcolm Turner. There wasn't job savers there. Is my point. Mal- it, it, Corbin didn't save Malcolm Turner's job. No. I think it's just it's funny that you asked me that question. But he's I'm above. Like, he's more powerful. But also, than the Vandy's so different than every other SEC school that ADs who maybe should have been fired for football problems were never fired. They would be fired at other SEC schools oh, yeah, for yeah, football be. being such a mess. No, they would. That's why I'm just. It's no, you're right. Vandy's a, an odd example only because well, Vandy, they treat ADs Vandy a different is, way than other schools. They are college baseball, though, is what I'm pointing to. Like yeah, if, the top if Corbin the left Vandy for LSU. That where there's smoke, there's fire. If Tony Vitello leaves Tennessee for LSU, it's just it's just a headline. It's not. I, I'm not reading into that as Danny White somehow can't close the deal. He's making a business decision because he is judged ultimately. He will keep his job or lose his job based on the success of Tennessee football. That's what it comes down to. Uh, you're not wrong. How does he present it though in the moment? You know, it's a delicate thing. He can't just come out and say, well, it's non-revenue generating sport and no. know, I'm happy to lose the guy. So we'll see how he massages it if and when it happens. But I, which I don't is think they're losing thing. him. I like, I, I, well, I don't get that sense. And, and you guys don't either. No. But at the same, I'm reading Swain's tweet and I'm thinking, highest paid in the country? Well, so I think baseball has a ceiling at Tennessee or any other program in terms of interest. I don't think Tennessee baseball has reached that ceiling yet. They reach it for a very short amount of time. It can go higher. But we're talking about marrying two different ideologies. One of them is I can appease both my fan base and it's a good winning move to keep Tony Vitello because he's great. By the way, he's got the, the guy who's going to be the number two or three pick overall committed out of Georgia to Tennessee. Now, he's not going to go to Tennessee. He's going to be drafted he's second, go to third, overall. Yeah. But still, that's great for perception right. that you're getting players of that level to commit to your program to go play. Um, 
so I can I can marry the two, right? I'm marrying this is what the fans want, and it's good for the baseball program to keep winning. But you're doing these things flying in the face of what makes sense from a business standpoint. That's that's the difficult. I don't know if it's a difficult decision because I think Danny White's made up his decision. He's going to pay whatever it takes to keep him. But when Tony Vitello leaves, these are the questions we we would be left asking if that happens. Coming up, injury risks for the Tennessee Titans. And the one that's most concerning, we'll give two examples, and we'll try to decide which one concerns us the most going into training camp. That and more straight ahead. The Tennessee Power Hour rolls on on Outkick 360. Time to make it rain. Outkick 360 and the 360 parlay from FanDuel.com. FanDuel.com slash OK360 is where you can go to download the app if you haven't already. If you already have, join us for the 360 parlay. Chad lost the parlay last night after winning and putting some money in our account. Those were bad calls. And so now we ask Jacob Swanson for his thoughts. First time parlay for Jakob Swanson. He's going against the Orioles, which is a good sign for all of us here because the Orioles suck. And They're if you facing don't know, the Houston Astros tonight. That's Hutton's team. Yes, uh, and uh, in, if you think, man, this is a large parlay, look at the odds. Only a plus 237, and you're betting on, what, six different things to happen. Five of them include hits from the top batters for the Houston Astros, and you're taking the Astros' money line to just straight-up win against the Baltimore Orioles later tonight at Camden Yards. Altuve, Brantley, Alvarez, and uh, Correa, their best hitters, we uh, welcome all of those base hits. Here is to Jakob yes. Swanson being a winner the way we think he is. He's got a winning shirt on today with Rocky, Sylvester Stallone, just the face of Rocky on his shirt looking beautiful. And yep. that parlay right there hopefully will be beautiful I finally for us as well. I got it in. I was having trouble getting it in. I am aboard. Hey, a quick stat of the day for Dr. you because I saw. can help you with that, uh, PK. Say Mother that again. Hank. He can help you get it in. Yeah, thank you. I'm just mashup rich. Yes, absolutely. Um, A quick stat of the day I heard last night during the Braves broadcast because I saw the Astros up there. I started thinking about George Springer. Um, There have been two leadoff hitters who've hit 40-plus home runs in a season. Ronald Acuna Jr., that's batting leadoff all year. Ronald Acuna Jr. is on pace to go over 40 home runs. The other two to do that, Alfonso Soriano – and George Springer. Mm. That's it. This is very. I thought that was crazy well, that it wasn't. Uh, yeah. Brady Anderson in his big home run year split time as a leadoff hitter and had a bunch of home runs, a leadoff, but not for the majority of the season. This is very slanted toward modern times because guys with power traditionally have not hit early in the order. They've hit three, four, five. Only now are people like that allowed to hit early because they get more at bats. Is the analytic revolution yeah. right? Like Aaron Judge hits two, which is Aaron Judge never would have hit as high as two in the order as recently as five years ago. We go to FanDuel for first-time users as well. 30-1 to odds on any team to win their next NBA playoff game. You make a money line bet. $5 gets you $150 on 30-1 to odds. The max bonus is $150, so bet $5 to win $150 for new users. You deposit $10, 
as a new user, and you can make a $5 bet to win $150. Again, this has got to be your first bet with FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash OK360. This is good through the end of the NBA playoffs. So you sign up, you bet on any team to win their next NBA playoff game, and you can win with FanDuel. Guys, which injury concern is the most concerning? They're both concerning. Uh, among these two players that the Titans are banking on really helping them in 2021. Julio Jones, who played in nine games last year, or Caleb Farley, who couldn't go through workouts leading up to the draft because of back procedures. Um, go ahead, Paul. I, well, out of these two options that you're giving me, I'm going Jones. Uh, I, to me, Dupree is the biggest, uh, and I know why you're not including him. But I, I, I think people are presuming far too much that Dupree's going to be okay sooner than he's going to be okay and that he's going to be back to himself sooner than he'll probably be back to himself. But the reason, I mean, we've had this conversation, right? It's about what's behind them. If Jones is hurt, you go back to what we were talking about and the reason that they need Jones, which is you go Brown, number one, Reynolds, number two, which is stretching him further than he should be. And then in the number three spot, you're talking about Nick Westbrook, Aquina, or Des Fitzpatrick, both of whom would be doing more than they're asked. I don't love it at corner, but you'd have Jenkins, You'd have Fulton, who was a second-round pick a year ago, who we don't know that much about yet, but there should be reasonable expectations on him being a starting cornerback in the NFL in his second year. And then you'd still have Molden, another rookie, but a guy that seems like he's suited for the nickel role. You don't love the depth there either, but where are they deeper? Where do they have more promising players? I'd say you're safer at cornerback minus Farley than you are at receiver minus Jones. That's my rationale. My rationale is this. We weren't talking two weeks ago before Julio Jones got to Tennessee about the offense being terrible. The, the, the assumption was Josh Reynolds, whoever else, was going to plug in and they were going to be really good on offense. Maybe not as great as the year before, considering the losses, but... With Derrick Henry and running the offense through him and A.J. Brown and whoever else they put in there to fill in for Corey Davis, they were going to be really, really good. Mm -hmm. uh, it's Caleb Farley, and it's a no doubt for me in terms of injury concerns. Because Caleb Farley, you drafted to start and be a, not just start, be a, an elite lockdown corner from day one. And if they don't have that, Look at their third down defense from a year ago. I know Bud Dupree is a big part of this also. It goes hand-in-hand. Hand. Not getting the quarterback leads to a lot of completions. Your corners look awful then also. They, but could, their, their they couldn't corners, match up last year. Yeah, their corners also weren't very good. And no. uh, that's, that's a big addition. So I think it's very clearly Caleb Farley. Because it's funny how everything changes, but... It, it feels like once Julio Jones was traded, it was like, boy, they just saved the offense. Think about this offense now. Now it's saved. And we weren't talking about that most of the offseason. We were saying it should be a really good offense. I, I was talking about the offense. Even, I thought A.J. Brown Julio was Jones. going to be taken out of games. Well, you were saying that, and you're also saying I wouldn't give up a first-round pick for Julio Jones. I wouldn't have. I, I think both I could, go hand-in-hand. Hand. If you know you've got true. a chance to Super Bowl, you give up whatever the hell it takes to I make your offense look, good. I didn't have to give up a first-rounder that's for Julio great. Jones. That's great. No, I, I know what you're saying, but that's I, I didn't feel the same desperation on offense, I guess, as defense and what they need Farley to, to be quickly. I need the offense to carry this team. I need a defense to I, – I understand what you're saying. You made a very good argument. I, I think you could go with either one of these. Hutton, which one are you on? Caleb Farley. Yeah. 
Uh, and, and the reason for that is, is much of what Chad said and just how bad this team was on third down. Um, offensively, they're going to have to put up 30-plus points a game, and, and maybe you feel that way anyway with Caleb Farley playing. Uh, but if Bud Dupree is slow to come, come around or if they suffer an injury, they can't get to the pass rush as much as what we saw up front, they're going to rely on the, on the back end of their defense much more. And this was a defense that could not match up. They, they were handcuffed with their matchup situations week in and week out with their defensive backs. It was poor a year ago, and they've completely overhauled that group. Um, and, and in thinking about that and, and knowing what they had, we're assuming Amani Hooker is going to step in and play well. He's apparently had a really good offseason. Coaches are pleased with the way he's reshaped his body in the offseason in the weight room. Uh, attention to detail with on that end, and in the film room, I think playing next to Kevin Byer this offseason and the limited time there has really helped him. But other than him, who do you point to as you know the guy, the the player that you expect to ascend to the next level? We don't know that much about Christian Fulton. We assume he's going to be good. Yeah. Now I'm worried about um, Christian Fulton from a mental standpoint. I think he Caleb, was beaten down last year when he was hurt. And I think I asked him about it. He gave company line. But I think he needs a mental rebuild as well as a physical rebuild. Caleb Farley is drafted because it, it, he was a could-not-pass-on type of athlete, much like Jeffrey Simmons, but fell because of injury concerns. Uh, if, if you draft him, despite all those teams that may have had an injury concern with him, you're drafting him saying he's going to be available for you. But I still think there is a big injury concern with him, given the situation. I also look at Julio Jones and think, how much did he produce in those nine games he actually did play? And it was quite a bit. I do think that Farley is the bigger injury concern. More long-term. Julio Jones is okay. I mean, Julio Jones has recovered from what he had, and it's a matter of him getting hurt again. That's part of it. Caleb Farley is still recovering. My 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 injury concern is is a little bit different with the two. I I view Julio Jones as an injury concern for three or four weeks because of the either the 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 foot issue, if there's a hammy, whatever it might be. But his feet or ankle have been an issue. Um, With Caleb Farley, it's different. It's surgical. And it's back-related, which affects all extremities. When are you ready, and when do you really... This is like with a lot of injuries. When are you really ready right. to let it go? Right. There's that ACL thing, too. Doctor, uh, pro football doctor said it's a sunrise. It's not a uh, light switch. Well, keep in mind. And I think that'll probably be the case with to Farley, play. too. Like, when are you ready to... To, to just jump and go for it and not think about it at all. He hasn't played football in over or nearly two years because yeah. he opted out and prior to that had the injuries. I just and think two the, the, the if, not the it, but the if factor for the Titans defense is so enormous. If Caleb Farley is healthy and as good as he was when he was healthy at Virginia Tech, if Bud Dupree is healthy quickly and is as good as Bud Dupree was mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh, if Danico Autry can add a spark to the defensive line, there's so many ifs. But if those ifs pay off, look out. And let's go. Because this is a transformed Titans defense already with an elite offense that should be every bit as good as Kansas City. Should be. Every bit as good as Tampa Bay. Every bit as good as the top teams in the league that can compete when you get into those playoff games. Let's go back to Dupree while we're here on mm-hmm. the injured stuff. 
uh, the timetable, you know, we don't know for sure, but we know that ACL stuff, we're talking the sunrise as opposed to the light switch. It frustrates me the more I think about it, Hut, that we know that they're not confidently three deep at that outside linebacker, right? Third right now is Rashad Weaver. He's got this legal issue hanging over his head. And, uh, you know, he's far from a proven thing. Fifth rounder, right? Yeah. So as your third, you're like, oh, well, okay, at least, you know, I think he's assuredly going to be better than the guys they were playing last year. Uh, 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 Rashad, I mean, uh, Wyatt Ray, Tuzar Skipper, Derek Roberson. But um, what if he's not? And... If Dupree is not playing at the beginning or playing limited snaps, they're not good at limiting snaps, but they may have to, he's starting Weaver conceivably. And how, how yeah. much better are you with Landry Weaver as opposed to Landry Skipper, Landry Ray, Landry Brooks-Reed, Landry Derek Roberson? You haven't, you're not better. I mean, we're, I'm, I'm not being the buzzkill here. They, they are much better right now than what we assume they would be going into training camp based on the addition of Julio Jones. A lot better. But we have three big injury concerns that really haven't been discussed that much through many camps and OTAs yeah. by the media. And it's $80 million over five years to Bud Dupree. That's what they gave him the offseason. They gave a first-round pick on a guy with a back issue. And they just traded and gave guaranteed money, what, $12 million? 15. 15. They're giving full guaranteed salary money to a guy that played nine games last year at 32 years old. And has a foot, ankle, hamstring history. But we've, we've referenced the numbers. Yeah, he's played. The guy, when he plays, yeah, he produces. But like he's I, not young, and he has these things. When Bud so Dupree plays, he produces. Yeah. When Caleb Farley has played in college, he has produced. But Bud Dupree's never played his way out of an ACL, which is a different experience. Also, Taylor Lewan's never played his way out of an ACL. So they've got a lot of these things that are factors, particularly in the early season. Particularly in the early season. And what did they do early season last year that helped them get to the postseason when they, they crumbled down the stretch? They got killed by Green Bay and then... Looked bad against Baltimore. Tannehill faced the heat. Against Baltimore, and they had no answers. They for started it five and zero. Oh. Yeah, they started the season five and zero. Oh. That's why they won the division. Yeah. That's why they made it to the postseason and had the bye. And it makes it so much easier. We talk. I talk about this constantly to to get that cushion and be able to to you know play five hundred balls somewhere in the season there or sustain yeah. a two or three right. game losing streak is so much easier than this thing where you start poorly as we've seen them do a lot of times and then you have to scratch and claw and expend right. energy the entire season it's like you're in the playoff fight it's a whole different vibe in terms of energy expenditure if you can get some wins in the rearview mirror i'm not saying you can relax no you don't but it's just a different thing you're you're okay Right, you can go with the punches. Then, if you start, you know, two and three, two and four, zero oh and three, something like that, it's a constant fight. It's yeah, a you, different you deal. don't tinker, you layer. That's the difference. Big Tennessee basketball announcement today that we'll let everyone know about when we come back. That's straight ahead on Outkick three hundred and sixty. up the Tennessee Power Hour, wrapping up the Wednesday edition of Outkick 360. Glad you're with us and some Tennessee basketball news on the scheduling front. Did Jack. they get the guy from Maine? 
not no. yet. We'll have to check on that guy's status <laughs> and his uh, body index also. His we'll see what that, that's going to yeah. Hutton says he's up 12. I, I picture this guy running around in a trash bag like yeah. the dude in Vision Quest trying to cut you make Vision Quest. Now, um, that was a classic. The great movie. So, Tennessee and Texas played in baseball in the College World Series yesterday. This morning it was announced. Big 12 SEC matchups for college basketball. Tennessee beat Kansas this last year in this challenge. They will go to Austin, Texas. So, Rick Barnes will take his Tennessee Vols back to Austin to face the Texas nice. Longhorns. So Chris Beard, nice. nice. Chris, Chris Beard in season number one for Texas <laughs> will take on Rick Barnes, who was basically run out of town but was able to take a resignation and take another job from Texas. Anything to do with Chris Beard going there as to why they're taking this game now as opposed to... I in think this past. is. Uh, I mean, I know it's this the, is decided by the leagues, but I do. I believe that both schools have to approve it. Yeah, like it's sort of a cooperation so thing. It's not just here's where you're going. It's okay, we'll do that. Is there? I, I just wonder if there's if, if there's any underlying reason as to why they're playing now I as opposed know. to Shaka Smart's teams. I would be willing to bet Rick Barnes would have issues with playing Texas at against Texas? the guy that replaced him at Texas or in Knoxville. I just don't think he'd want to play Texas. I don't think he'd want to put himself in a position to go head-to-head with the guy that replaced him. So now that Shaka Smart is out. More of a detente? Yes. I, don't know, I think like it makes more sense for him it, to go head-to-head with the next guy. Isn't that battle always about who's hosting or if it's a neutral floor? It's like Penny Hardaway and Rick Barnes on if they're playing at Memphis or playing at, at Tennessee. Right? Like there was always that battle on where is the game going to be played. I just... So it should have been played in that. This is the only way to make it happen. I'm, I'm just reading the tea leaves. Yeah. Here. This is the only way to make it happen is for the leagues to say this is the game and right. the challenge. Right. But you can't tell me that they didn't try to make this the game in year one with Rick Had Barnes. Had to. Sure. Or year two. Super attractive game. So then what probably happened? Well, Rick Barnes said, I'm not changed. playing Texas. He's not talking to Shaka Smart about scheduling games either while they're there at those well, two could schools. Have been and it's, not like he's, it's not like he's looking for the easier game because they play well, Kansas. Well, Shaka Smart, again, if one side says veto. Well, could it have been Shaka Smart veto? I don't, yeah. I don't know. And but I don't think maybe. Shaka Smart would be in a hurry to play Rick Barnes. And lose to. Right. I mean, it's just a. Replaced. It wouldn't have looked good. It's a weird look. Yeah. When you're going head to head. on either side. I'm always intrigued by the decision for when the coach goes back. Especially when it's been a couple seasons. Yeah. And this is not a Rick Barnes won't play anyone. I mean, he's no. playing Gonzaga. Oh, home no. and he'll play whoever. Kansas, but it it's just matter. I, yeah. I think he would be, just knowing Rick Barnes, the type of guy he is, he'd probably be uncomfortable, almost like feeling bad for Texas. You know, be kind of looking out Put for them, them too as much position. as him. Yeah. Also, it takes time. Like you're saying, a couple years is always like uh, feelings die down. Guys, fun show today. Uh, Good times. We mentioned earlier, just in passing, but the Pistons have the number one overall pick. Speaking of the Big 12, Kay Cunningham is going to be that player for the Detroit Pistons. I'm actually excited to watch the NBA draft. We're in the Tennessee Power. We've got two Tennessee players that will be taken in the first round. Uh, I'm kind of excited to watch the NBA draft to see what happens. That lottery. Will Scotty Pippen Jr. stay in the draft is another big better. question. That lottery's got to be um, <laughs> tense if you've got a protected pick. Like, we, if we get the fourth pick, we keep it. If we get the fifth pick, it's leaving. I hate how That's it was rushed. At the, did you guys watch it? I didn't watch. I saw a kind of it. There was this build for the, the entire hour, which is expected. But then they pack in the final four within the, like the final ninety seconds of the program. You need to space, space it out. We get a commercial right before it's down to the two. Well, they what they they space it out, and then it's like, all right, here are the final four, and then okay, boom, 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 enjoy boom. the game. See ya. 
You know, yeah. it's just real quick. I did they have? I love the year that the Hawks brought the woman that's the actress that's married to the owner. But yeah, the they, could do it. they did it in person. Because I looked up, I'm like, I've seen that woman. She was in Twister. She was like the wife oh. or the fiance in <laughs> yeah. Twister. You know what I'm talking about? She's been in tons of movies. Not Helen I do. In the I do. Next, it's not Helen Hunt. I want it's the Helen dark Hunt headed, to be there. No, it's a dark-headed oh, woman. Oh, Jamie Gertz. Yes. From Jamie Gertz was the Hawks representative one year at the lottery, and she's just sitting there looking pretty, like, hey, you know, waiting to see what pick they have, and she's the owner's wife. Jamie Gertz was great. We're going packs, to send right? Jakob Swanson and David Reed on our behalf. Whenever we are uh, oh, owning a Swanson team. making our uh, picking our that. envelope, or imagine that we'd send terrific. Lance Lee, but he'll be off, you know, filming a sorority or something. I feel Lance Lee's left us. That sounded so much more exciting than what he's actually doing, filming a sorority. <laughs> <laughs> That's the production. Yeah. Right. If you can get that production work, Chad, leave us with the uh, recital worse. of the tweet if you don't mind yes. before Chad, before Paul leaves us with. I the party will leave words. you with this. <laughs> On January 1st, 2018, 1017. I didn't know it was that late. 1017 p.m. I may have been into something. Yeah, he's, this yeah, he's watching some TV. Alabama and Georgia playing for a national title in Atlanta could only be made more Southern if they poured sweet tea into the Gatorade buckets on the sidelines. That is a viral trick. Pose so Reed could get a better, uh, a better photo. We'll catch you tomorrow make on that sour face again. 360. Don't block the damn box. And do lock the locks. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.